0: The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees, and soon-to-be retirees, create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. The 401k
1: retirement plan offered by your employer can be a great asset if you take advantage of it and you save as much as you can. But you also need to handle it correctly should you leave that employer. If you make a mistake when you leave, it could cost you in taxes, open you to potential IRS penalties, and negatively impact your future wealth. This is the Whistler While You Retire podcast, hosted by Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency. I'm Patrice Sakura. It's my job this episode to quiz Tim about those mistakes that could trip you up. So, hey, Tim. <laughs> hey, Patrice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start with, generally, you leave a job for one of two reasons. Okay, you retire, or you do move on to another employer. Let's put the retirement scenario on hold for a moment, okay? Okay. Let's look at the options someone has with a 401k if they switch jobs.
2: Okay, perfect. So, you know, to to help illustrate this, let's let's tell it as a story. Let's talk about Jane, Mm -hmm. okay? So let's say Jane, for all these years, has been working for ABC Company. And she now has an opportunity and has moved on and accepted a position to XYZ Company. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for those of us who have done this in the past, we know what Jane is about to go through. She's now going to deal with new leadership. She's going to deal with a new corporate philosophy. She's going to deal with new processes. I mean, with the virtual world, who knows? She might still work from home. She might have to relocate. You know, who knows? We know that that list can be quite extensive. And with all that Jane is going to be dealing with, what normally is at the bottom of her list is her 401k at ABC. Right. So to help Jane with this important decision, we have discovered that there are 5 options available to her. Okay? All right. So option 1, simple, do nothing. Leave it at ABC, okay? Now, she'll have to check with ABC to see if they even offer this option to her. You know, they they may have right. a rule that says when you're no longer here, you have so much time, take it with you, okay? But, you know, if they do offer it, she may simply want to leave it there because it's one less thing she has to change right and quick if she left it there now could she change that later she can you know okay. it, she has the ability to do that there's, there's not like there's some type of window so if she just kind of wants to let the dust settle then mm-hmm. by all means she can, she can leave it sit there for a while and i've i've come across a lot of you know clients that in the past that have done that you know they moved changed jobs kind of got settled to what we call quote unquote the new normal yeah and they're like, you know what? That old 401k is just kind of sitting there. Maybe I should do something about that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you should. Because <laughs> right. you know, in doing so, if, if we leave it there, you know, here are some points to understand. Number one, Jane can no longer make contributions to the account. Okay. Right. If if ABC was offering her a matching option, so that let's say she's contributing, you know, X percentage of her salary to the 401k, let's say ABC offered an incentive to maybe match. A certain percentage okay if if we leave it there obviously that's gone there's no more contributions being made to the account so now the account value simply ebbs and flows with the value of the accounts that hold that 401k right okay um another, another thing that that can happen is that the plan fees could increase without her knowledge okay because she's mm. not working there anymore she's not focused on that anymore she might get something in the mail or get an email from them and she's like oh, I'll, I'll put that off or read that later well you know, it's, it's probably not detrimental. The, f- the plan fees are, are minimal, but you know, again, if, if they change, she may not be aware of that. And again, as I always make sure people understand, that if we leave the funds there at the 401k, she still is limited on the number of investment options that are available to her through that 401k offering. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. So option one, do nothing. Option two, she could move it to XYZ, her new employer. Now I say could, because just like the first option, we need to check with the HR departments of these companies to see if XYZ would even allow this to happen. They may, they may not, we don't know. But let's say, you know, if she, she does want to move it over, if she conduct, you know conducts a conversation with XYZ HR department and they say, sure, Jane, you can bring it over. Well, okay. If she does this, you know, now she has her employer plan in one place. And if she transfers the account directly she won't pay any taxes on that it's just basically a, a direct you know transfer process mm-hmm. and again she'll she'll have access to the 401k investment options available at xyz
1: now does the new employer often let you roll this into to roll it into an account there or do you have to keep it as a separate account
2: you know, again, I think companies can ha- kind of handle it a little bit differently, possibly between each one. But in in general, a lot of companies, from my understanding, will allow them to bring that four hundred one k funds into the new four hundred one k. Okay. And we'll we'll get into a little bit more detail here in a second. But but one thing I want make sure we want to we make make sure we want to point out here is we need to make sure we differentiate. The funds within the 401k. Some of them could be pre-tax, which is pretty common. Oh, right. And what about after tax? Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Um, But again, that's, that's the second option. She can move it to her new employer. But again, just understanding that there are restrictions involved with those investment options. Okay. So the third option would be to cash it out. She could contact ABC and say, hey, send me a check. Now, again, a lot of times when we give these, you know, we we record these episodes, I try, I I want to share information and kind of hold off on my opinions, okay? (laughs) Because every situation's different. But here's where I would say that of the five options available to Jane, this one is perhaps the worst move she could make. Now, again, I understand situations are different, okay? Personal story. When I left my last corporate America job back in 2004, to step into the journey that I've now been on now for, for 17 years, um, I had the 401k available to me. So, you know, here I am, <laughs> Ron and I have two boys at home. Mm-hmm. Rhonda's most of the time at that time, you know, in, in our lives was stay at home with the boys, but she was doing some part-time nursing. And I'm going from a salary, group benefits, you know, all these wonderful <laughs> right, right. elements of being employed to, hey, let's open up our own business and have none of that, right? <laughs> and see how it goes, right? What could possibly go wrong? But my point is, you know, in that situation there, since I wasn't really going into another employer situation, I looked at that 401k and said, okay, I understand that I'm not 59 and a half yet. I understand I'm going to pay taxes on it. So in our situation, I did cash mine out. Now, is that is that what everybody should do if they're going to stay within the employer corporate America world? Not necessarily, but it is an option. It just depends upon, you know, what it is we're trying to accomplish. So, You know, back to Jane, if she would decide to go ahead and cash it out, just like I experienced, you know, she will owe income taxes on that account value. So, let's say, for example, you know, there's $100,000 in there and she decides to cash it out, that employer, ABC, will automatically withhold 20% for taxes,
1: okay?
2: And (laughs) since Jane is under the age of 59 and a half, she could also potentially pay an early withdrawal penalty in addition to the taxes, So, again, this is why I kind of really exercise caution here to say that this option could really damage her overall long-term care or long-term care, long-term retirement plan. So, again, if you're listening to this and you now have access to a 401k from a previous employer, before you cash it out, I strongly encourage you to get a second opinion because of the costs that are involved.
1: And not only that, you have this cash then on hand. You have to be very, very disciplined, or that cash is just gonna evaporate. You know how people are with cash. They just flitter it away.
2: They do. And it's like, you know, we're so we live in a society that everything is so instant. You know, it all started with the microwave, right? Everything just (laughs) you have dinner in two minutes, right? (laughs) And then it just evolves from there. And now we've got instant, we've got technology, everything's instant. But the problem of it is a dollar can still only compound so quickly. Yeah, You know, and it takes years to to develop a solid, you know, account value that ultimately can turn into income for us. So, so you're right, Patrice, we have to be very, very cautious on if we decide to cash it out, what are we going to do with that, those funds available to us if we decide to go with that option? All right. So the last two options now are, are very similar because these are the options that we, what we call a rollover. So options four and five, now deal with the process of rolling the 401k into an IRA, so an individual retirement account. And there are two basic ways to do it. Okay, So option four would be what we would call the indirect rollover. And I call this one the not-so-simple option. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. So here's how it would work. Jane has the option to take a check from her ABC 401k and roll it over into an IRA. But she must place those funds into that IRA account within 60 days. So, once again, I, I said it's not so simple because she has basically added an unnecessary step to the process because and the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking, you're exactly right. You know, she's re, she's moved on to a different job, she gets this check, she puts she sets it down somewhere and it gets covered up. And all of a sudden, three weeks later, holy cow, I've got to get I gotta move this, right? Because she has to establish the IRA account and then, like we said, remember to deposit those funds into that IRA account. Because if she fails to roll those funds within 60 days, it's just like she took option three. She'll owe taxes and early withdrawal penalties just like if she cashed it out. Wow. So, you know, there are so many more moving parts to this roller op- rollover option. So, if Jane decides that, you know option one and two and three are really what I want to do, I'd really truly want to truly roll it over into an IRA. Let's go ahead and go ahead and execute the fifth option, which is now what we call the direct rollover.
1: This one makes so much more sense. I don't know why you want to put the burden on yourself to take that check and then have to get an IRA opened and put it in.
2: I agree with you, Patrice. I totally agree. You know it, let's let's try to, you know, you know, execute math and science, but also a little simplicity you know, with, with the decision as well. So, you know, with this option here, we kind of call this a seamless option because this is an entity to entity process. Mm-hmm. And it truly does avoid the potential pitfalls from the indirect rollover. So now again, this will involve the process where Jane will need to fill out some paperwork to open up an IRA. But again, this is the part where, you know, what I specialize in, this is what I've done for so many of my, of my, other, other of my clients of helping them establish that IRA. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition, she not only just has to open up the IRA, but she now gets to choose. And I love that word. She now has a choice of which type of vehicle she wants to have for this IRA. So here's what I mean. You know, what type of vehicle are we talking about? Well, a vehicle can range from something as simple as a money market, a CD. Maybe we want to put it in the stock market, we want it managed, or maybe we want to put it into an annuity, for example. In other words, we can select. All kinds of different vehicles for that specific ira okay. and while that rollover offers jane access to a, you know a greater number of options than what a 401k plan generally offers again she will need to carefully select that appropriate vehicle for her new ira
1: how do so, she know which one is the best
2: you know and, and that that's ultimately what i try to encourage people to do is, is, is ask themselves that question well how do i know well Here's some questions that I would ask somebody if, let's say, Jane called me and I would say, okay, well, Jane, what are you wanting this account to do for you? Are, are you looking for some growth, but willing, on, willing to take on some market risk? Or maybe, you know, her 401k at ABC went through the 2008 market correction. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she says, you know what? I don't want to go through that ever again. That was horrific. I'm putting all this money into it. I saw it just wiped away. I don't want to, you know, I want to avoid market risk, but I need more growth than maybe what a money market or CD will pay. So, you know, those are the different types of scenarios that I want a client to walk through and express to me so that way I can go out there and say, okay, from everything you just shared with me, here are the choices that line up with what you're, you are wanting to do to select the right vehicle for your IRA.
1: Okay. And how long of process is this?
2: The process to the the direct rollover? Right. So normally, um, again, since we don't really have a specific, you know, timeline while the funds just remain, you know, with the four hundred and one k at ABC, okay. mm-hmm. I walk the, my my client through that process before we even get any paperwork out. It's okay. Let's look at things from the big picture. Where are we at right now in life? You know, is is are we married? Um, do we have kids still at home? You know, what all of the different elements are involved, and in, then then let's you know dial in and look and look more direct at a smaller picture. You know, what are we wanting this money to do for us. So once we've kind of gone through what I call that get acquainted conversation, where we are gathering facts and figures and goals and ideas and fears and everything that's all involved with that, at that point, that's when I make the recommendation to Jane or whoever it is I'm speaking with and say, okay, based upon everything you shared with me, here's an idea for you. Here's an idea for that vehicle. And then we continue that conversation from there. And then once they say, yep, Tim, that sounds fantastic. Let's do that. Now it's just simply paperwork. Filling out some paperwork, getting the IRA account opened up, getting it ready to accept funds. Once that account is open and it's ready, that is then where we walk that client through the process of reaching back out to their former employer, in this case, ABC, and say, hey, I've established an IRA. I want to do a direct rollover. Send the money to this entity. And it goes from there.
1: I see no cons here. What, what would be any of the cons for this kind of a, a direct rollover?
2: Well, there are a couple. I mean, there actually are a few. Like, for example, and again, we're, we're getting a little bit deeper into the weeds here than most everybody goes through. But, mm-hmm. you know, for example, you know, there might be a situation where, okay, let's say, for example, she is over 55 and not yet 59 and a half. Okay. okay right. She, she may be able to take some funds out, penalty-free withdrawals, from the employer plan after 55 even though she can't typically withdraw from an IRA until 59 and a half. Okay. So so again, that's why I say every situation is a little bit different. We know the IRS make things so simple, right? <laughs> so our that's friends, why yeah. our that's, friends. That's right. They are fantastic. We love them. But my my point is, you know, that's why it's such a detailed, in-depth conversation with a professional who specializes in this is so critical because every situation is different. We all know the rules are out there, but does everybody know all the rules? Of course they don't. So that's why it's a matter of sitting down with somebody who has done this more than once, who has helped other clients in the exact same situation and making sure that we pick the right vehicle at the right time for whatever these funds are going to, you know, whatever they want these funds to do for them moving forward into the future.
1: All right. Now, these are five great options for someone who is still going to be employed to consider. But maybe Jane is older and she's saying, "You know what? I'm done. I'm I'm ready to retire and and see the world, take my grandkids to Disney, do whatever." <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are her options? So, you know, it's funny you should say that cuz literally I had a meeting uh, a couple of nights ago where My client, you know, unfortunately, just recently lost her husband. So now the conversation is not including her husband. It's now with her two daughters and son-in-laws. But that was one of the things she said, Tim, I want to take the grandkids to Disney World this summer. (laughs) I said, that is awesome, Polly. We are going to make that happen, right? That's (laughs) what all grandmas want to do. (laughs) That's exactly right. So, yes. So in this situation, Jane says, you know what? I'm done. I'm I'm good. I've got enough. I want to move on into a different phase of life. So I kind of touched on this a few minutes ago. As we step into... Looking at options for that 401k, one of the things that we have to make sure we understand very certain, you know, with with great certainty, is how much of that 401k is comprised of pre-tax dollars and after-tax dollars, because something that's now you know starting to happen more more and more frequently in the corporate America is now with the 401k offerings, some of the corporate positions offer 401ks that are, are called a Roth 401k. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now again, we won't go into those details today, but my point is that's one of the first questions that I ask that client when they say, okay, Tim, here's my 401k statement. Okay. The first thing I'm looking for, I'm not looking at the account value. I'm not looking at the holdings. I'm looking for two key things. How much of the funds are pre-tax and how much of the funds are after tax? Because one of the worst things a person can do if they, if they just blow right through this and they just put it all into a pre-tax account, well, what was the point of having an after tax tax benefit
1: mm-hmm. if you
2: just now put it now if you brought the IRS right back into the equation again? So that's the first thing we look at. Okay. So, you know, so, so the questions we would have again, if, if Jane is sitting down with a retirement income specialist, she needs to understand options. So now she's going to need to answer questions like, okay, how much income does Jane need to receive from this IRA? When does Jane need to receive income? You know, for example, if she wants to take the grandkids to Disney, does she need some of the funds from this 401k, or does she have means to other funds to pay for something like that? You know, does she want these funds to remain permanently taxable? You know, there is some there is some joy when uh, a person's able to fire the IRS. That there is a wonderful <laughs> element. You know, paying off a boat, paying off a house, yes, paying off or firing the IRS, absolutely. Well, if we can do that, you know, so so because if we again, if we have an IRA account, a traditional IRA. That is funded with pre-tax dollars you know we leave that former employer we transfer the 401k and roll it over to now as an ir into what is called an ira but who is still sitting right next to us as a silent partner the irs right. so that's one of the conversations i have with a retiree of saying okay when we look at this 401k and we look at the role that it's going to play into our retirement life how much or for how long do you want those funds to remain permanently taxable so, you know, and, and again, at this point in life, you know, Jane is stepping into retirement for the first time. And, and how often do we retire, right? right? Most people, are, people retire, what, one time? But, you know, she may know others who have already retired. And what do these people want to do for Jane? They want to tell her how to retire, right? <laughs> they want to say, well, this is how we did it. Well, okay. And that's all fine and dandy. I'm, I'm sure they mean very well. But again, she needs to seek the advice of a specialist, a retirement income specialist before she executes a game plan for those funds.
1: And this is exactly something you've talked about before. Yes, you've got all these assets in your retirement funds, but it's the income. It's the income that's going to keep you going.
2: That's exactly right. And and literally earlier this week, I participated in a webinar that was hosted by one of the resources that I use for my continuing education to help clients. I mean, this is not just, I mean, what I do for a living. I always, I always tell everybody, and a lot of my clients already know this. They just shake their head and smile. They know I'm a nerd <laughs> at this stuff. I love this. I love the puzzle that it is, but I also love what it becomes. I love that 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 we can transition an asset into an income. And when I was on this webinar earlier this week, he spoke directly about those people in retirement who are the happiest. And Patrice, he said, the people in retirement are the happiest when they know they have systematic and guaranteed streams of income. Sure. And, and he said, you know, not only are they the happiest, but they also tend to live longer. Well, that only makes sense because if we're happy and not stressed out, we That's may right. live a little bit longer, right? You know. And and I think of the clients that I work with, and the general conversations that we share. And I'm talking, okay, we're not talking about an annual review. We're not talking about, you know, should we move some money around here, or there? I'm just talking about a general conversation. You know, their grandkids. their trips, their golf game, you know, we're just having, we're just having a great conversation. And I noticed exactly what he shared on that webinar. Each and every one of the clients who always seem to be the happiest when I engage in conversation with them, they all have that common denominator. They have guaranteed systematic streams of lifetime income. And just like you said earlier, that's, that's what I preach from the rooftops. It is not about assets. It's about income. So, so if Jane and I would sit down and meet and we review all of her assets. We review, you know, her sources of current income. Okay, like a pension. Does she receive a pension? If Jane is married, does her husband have a pension? Okay. What about Social Security? When do we turn that on? Uh, then we also review expenses. That that dreaded expense word. But we have to understand how much we need in expenses to pay for not just our needs. You know, our our clothing our health, our food, our shelter, but also our wants, the Disney trips, the golf trips, you know, the cruises, et cetera. Then we also need to talk about liabilities. And we also talk about the legacy plan. And this is at the point where I, where I call this, this is the current scenario. This is a report of all the, the current numbers. And then from there, we drill deeper into the conversation and conduct what I call a stress test. Okay. So I want the client to describe for me their ideal retirement. I want them to describe for me what it's going to look like. So, you know, the, the days are full of sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, and <laughs> leprechauns, right? Everything's fantastic, right? But this is where <laughs> this is where though I have to stress test it. You know, what is going to happen to the overall plan if life happens to Jane without her permission. So, this is where we we in an in-depth conversation with a specialist is so important, especially as we as we transition and step into retirement and we have Assets like a 401k or an IRA, and we need to understand how are those assets and accounts going to play a role in creating income that we need to fund those retirement years.
1: Quick question for you, Tim: When mm-hmm. people do come in to talk to you, how many of them actually understand what they have to be thinking about?
2: You know, I, I, I don't. I, if I would take a survey, that number is going to be extremely low. Um, I, I have never ever classified anybody's plan as being wrong. Right. Ever. But I see a lot of them as though they're incomplete. And again, that does not reflect upon the education level, the type of job, where where they came from, their upbringing, none of that. It all is such a foreign, this is a foreign language to people. I mean, mm-hmm. again, we don't retire every other day and twice on Sunday. We retire once mm-hmm. in our life. And how, how do we know what to even expect? A lot of people you know, don't even know what questions to ask. It's like me with plumbing. I know nothing about plumbing. I want nothing to do with plumbing. I want to turn on the faucet. <laughs> and have the water <laughs> come out. That's right. That's it. And when I turn it off, I want the water to stop. That's it. Right. But so, like, for example, we had we had a plumber come in and, and put in a, a backup system to our sump pump. So here where we live, you know, we've got sump pumps in our house. We need to have a sump pump that operates off electricity, keeps the water out of the house when there's a storm outside. Well, a torrential downstorm, you know, downpour, storms, lights go out, sump pump quits, guess what the water does? Oh yeah. Yeah. So we had our plumber come in and put this backup system that kind of uses a water pressure system. And that's all I can say about it because I don't care to know anything else. (laughs) But I knew what he was doing. I didn't think to ask, I didn't know what questions to ask him, you know? So he's counseling me saying, this is what I'm doing here. This is how it works. And I'm like, that's fantastic. So, you know, I try to bring that same element to a client because I know what questions they should be asking. But to answer your question, very few of them do. So that's why I kind of walk them through those different scenarios. And a lot of times it's it's always enjoyable where husband and wife kind of look at each other and don't know who, who should say what first, right? right. But they don't know how to answer that question. So that's when I give people, you know, things to think about. We have to think through this because we want to have a retirement that is fulfilled with happiness and sunshine and rainbows and things exactly the way we want them to go. But we also have to make sure that we have to plan for those times when life is going to happen without our permission. And we need some pumps that work. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Keep Tim, the floodwaters how... on the house. <laughs> That's,
1: right. That's right. I'm never going to think about a sun pump in the same way now. <laughs> <That's all> right. <laughs> how can people reach you, Tim? Because boy, you have brought up some great thoughts, some Great explanations, but I'm sure there are people who have their own questions.
2: No, I appreciate those comments, Patrice, and 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 I hope they do. I really do. You know, we want to share just enough to make them aware of what's going on, but also to get them thinking to take this serious. This is people work hard; they it's it's hard to save. It's hard to to put that percentage of a paycheck away into a 401k. But we need to do such certain things so that we can really have some great options available in retirement. So, if folks want to reach out to me. Number one, I would encourage them to send me an email because I have a white paper that goes into this conversation a little more deeper than we just talked about today. And I would love to email that to them. So they can email me at tim at WhistlerAgency.com. They can also call me at 309-291-0491. And then again, they also can go to my web address and see, you know, learn a little bit more about uh, what we do, how we serve clients. There's some great video content out there. Uh, and the website is www.thewhistleragency.com. And
1: we should mention here, there is no T in
2: Whistler. <laughs> that is correct. No T in Whistler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tim, thank you so much. And by all means, listeners, folks, make sure you uh, email Tim to get that white paper. It has some very, very good information in it. And subscribe to this podcast to make sure you know when the latest episode is ready. And share, of course, with everyone you know, because they will appreciate it. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later.
0: Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth, LLC.
1: Any transaction that involves a recommendation to liquidate a securities product, including those within an IRA, 401k, or other retirement plan, can be conducted only by individuals currently affiliated with a properly registered broker-dealer or registered investment advisor. If your financial professional does not hold the appropriate registration, please consult with a broker-dealer representative or investment advisor representative for guidance on your securities holdings. A 401 is intended to be a tax-deferred retirement vehicle. Earnings are taxable as ordinary income when distributed, and if withdrawn
0: before age 59 and a half, may be subject to a 10% federal tax penalty.